From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Think how great it would be if, when you bought an album, it came with a coloring book about all the things the album talked about. And think how great it would be if you were at a singer-songwriter concert and someone yelled out, is there a doctor in the house? And how cool would it be if the singer-songwriter said, well, actually, I'm a doctor. And how cool would it be if the singer-songwriter doctor said, I also speak Russian and Spanish. Would that be helpful? It is not a dream. All of those things could come true right now, today, in this very show. That's because we have in studio Dr. Baidet, songwriter and polyglot by, well, all the time, Dominique Moore. He'll sing some past favorites for us and a bunch of tunes from his latest concept album, the one with the matching coloring book, more about that later, Amateur Sketches of Famous and Important People. Here's one of those tunes right now, singing and playing guitar on Pocahontas, this is Dominic Moore. You painted a movie on the side of a building All the parts you could have hidden You left exposed Rewrote your history, then took out all the tragedy Enunciating highs and mumbling through the lows You know that all we have is who we are All we know is that we've come this far Painted a mural of a Mississippi girl She traveled round the world just to come back home Through painters of the pyramids The pilgrims and the indie kids Hucking all the paper plates through the glass doors You know that All we have is who we are All we know is that we've come this far From small towns with small town ways Shopping center stunner shades These heated spoons and razor blades The future's ours Singer-songwriter Dominic Moore live in studio for Highway 89 and uh, Dr. Moore, thank you for coming in. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about was this amateur sketches of famous and important people. And of course, the question of identity comes up. We'll talk later about this whole list of names. And what an interesting assemblage of people you chose. But <clears throat> this phrase, you're just saying, all we have is who we are. Yeah. What got you rolling? Is that the phrase that got you going on this whole project? You know, it definitely is a unifying theme of the album. Um, and I think one of the things that was most fun about making this album and writing the songs was thinking about identity and really who our identity belongs to. Um, there are thoughts about identity theft and all those other sorts of things, but also there's the idea that we are the stewards of our own um, reputation, but you know, 
people can say whatever they want to about us. <laughs> and they do. And they certainly do, yeah. <laughs> Especially some of these people you've chosen. So I'm just wondering, this. I, I think maybe with identity, you're also, because you're a pediatrician and you you practice hospice and palliative care, so working often with people who, who likely are not getting better. Mm-hmm. They say you really find out who you are in situations like that. I, I think that that is um, true, and and it's one of the most inspiring parts of my job. Um, you really find out how wonderful people are. Um, we all make bad decisions, but I think um, when people are faced with serious news or serious illness, people really dig deep inside themselves and are, are pretty amazing. All of your albums have great titles. We'll get to some of them later, but uh, was this your first concept album? I think it was, yeah. I, I think um, I put out an album a few years ago called um, "This Is the Demo Bootleg Version of the uh, Ninja vs. the Octopus Man," and that did I not say interesting? Time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that that was, um, I, I think, in a smaller way, a, a concept album about um, disparate things coming together, but certainly uh, w- was not approached on on the scale that this latest album is. Something I was so impressed with because people get in the studio, their name is on the album, they care about every little note and, and, and sound. You took a set of songs years ago. You said they didn't feel finished. You sent them to friends and said, do what you think to, till this feels right. Yeah. That is so not a control freak. Well, I think it, it. maybe I am still a control freak, but I just really trust my friends. I, <laughs> I, I am very lucky to have a lot of um, musical and, and pretty amazing people who were very kind and, and contributed to this album. But, but it was. I sent these things out, and I had no idea what they were going to sound like when they came back to me. It'd be like Christmas, listening as they sent things back to you. It, it really was. It really was. I would listen to things over and over and just think, how, how, did, they, how did they come up with this arrangement, mm-hmm. or how did they come up with that voicing for their instrument or anything else? Nice. We have to ask about the coloring book. Yeah. So you have for each of the characters on this last album an actual coloring book style page. Yeah. And, and has anyone colored them all and sent, showed their work to you? So I, I have gotten some uh, some pictures sent to me, and I, I love them. So some of, some of the talented friends that I'm lucky enough to have are uh, visual artists rather than... Um, musical artists and uh, Tom and Cindy Bean who are a husband and wife they, mm-hmm. they live in Salt Lake and have been friends for a long time uh, contributed their talents on the coloring book and I I came to Tom with the idea oh maybe a, a year before the album came out and it, it was kind of a weird idea, but he was a, a nice enough friend to kind of go along with me until it, it made a little bit more sense. So each of these characters, besides a, a, a picture of them, there's also this wallpaper that's been invented for them. And I love yours because it includes guitars and stethoscopes. Somehow, magically, the, the stethoscopes look like hearts. You know yeah. how they come up the, the top. Mm-hmm. Is that intentional, or you did know, he just do that? So uh, that was that was Cindy's work. So Tom did um, most of the portraits, uh-huh. and um, Cindy, I think, did the the majority of, or if not all, of the backgrounds. And you know, they are both just very thoughtful people. And they had the album. They listened to it, and I think they tried to put that together. And 
there is a lot of love in my music, and I, I, I hope that's where that that came from. You know, I saw that before I saw it with was a stethoscope. <laughs> I thought, Great. oh, hearts. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it also, for those who want to get to know Dominic, it has a house. It has an open book of whatever that could be. Being an open book has its own meaning, maybe. Also some music notes and stars. Mm-hmm. So one more thing I've got to ask you about before we, we, we want a lot more music today, but uh, your other Homes and Gardens tour. Yeah. Talk to me about that. So um, for me, writing songs, and I've been writing songs since I was um, 14 years old, part of writing them and figuring out if it's a good song is to play it for somebody. Hmm. And um, when I was in residency and when I was in fellowship writing a lot of um, this music, um, I was working 80 plus hours a week. I didn't have time to um, play shows or do anything. And, and um I realized that I had never taken these songs through the process of of taking them out and showing them Mm. to strangers. And so, um, again, I'm uh, very lucky to have great friends. I had friends open their homes from, you know, Fresno and Sacramento to Salt Lake and different places. Uh, And they would just invite friends over, most of whom I didn't know, and I would play the songs from this album for them. And I realized there were songs that I was excited to play at every show, and there were songs that I would take off the set list with, <laughs> with good regularity, and those didn't make the album. And so that was an important process for me. That's what I was going to ask. Were you going, like, survey, raise your hand if this was a five or two? It sounds like you're your own song meter. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think when you, when you speak a line and you're embarrassed by your line— <laughs> Um, that for, for me at least, that is a very important thing to pay attention to, and maybe um, more people should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like music might sound a little different if that was true. Well, we're going to hear some more. In fact, this piece we're about to hear right now is from that very album, Amateur Sketches of Famous and Important People. And really, this is the famous, the infamous, the well-known, the totally unknown, and we'll discuss more of them. This one is uh, the name of, let's say, a controversial Arizona governor, Jan Brewer. Tattoo shops and tanning bed parlors If you want to be a hustler You better hustle harder in the sunshine state So brilliant in the sunshine state Golden rod and silver lining clouds We're too rich to be hopeless Too poor to be proud in the sunshine state Made my first million in the sunshine state Oh, but Groundhog's Day it's every single day in every single way on every single day, yeah. Groundhog's Day is every single day in every single way on every single day, yeah. Cobra Commander and my Scorpion Squad Too dumb to be original, too normal to be out in the sunshine state Uneducated in the sunshine state Military structure of the future and the past While some people say don't ever Other people scream at last It's the sunshine state A superpower in the sunshine state Oh, but Groundhog's Day Is every single day in every single way On every single day, yeah 
Groundhog's Day is every single day, in every single way, on every single day, yeah. Alternative healing with the crystals and the meth heaven waits for no one. Neve is nearing death, it's the sunshine state. Poor prognosis in the sunshine state. Failure to realize all the successes of the new crystal ball predicts future, but it didn't forecast me and you in the sunshine state. So one day we'll leave the sunshine state. Oh, but Groundhog's Day is every single day in every single way on every single day, yeah. Groundhog's Day is every single day in every single way on every single day, yeah. Ooh, That song is called Jan Brewer, and as you can tell, these songs are not just about one person, but the, it's a it's it's a bigger picture of something they're connected to. And we're not stealing from Florida; he does know the Sunshine State <laughs> often has that. We're not going to get a call from the the Orange Juice Branding Coalition or anything like that. So we are now going to go clear back to 2007 when our guest Dominic Moore released, and I'm going to give you the real title now. This is the demo bootleg version of The Ninja versus The Octopus Man. Yes, that is the real title, but the song is called Birthday Present. I would like to write a song to help you get to sleep if you're panicking terrible you could listen all alone if the darkness is creeping and i am not the one who hears your prayers when you're on your knees speaking but i would come to show you tangible somebody was listening I don't like all the things you do but you know that I love you and I keep thinking what would it be like to be in your position and I am not the one who's gonna judge you when life gets over I would come to be your witness to ask for some mercy this song's to help you to get to sleep if you're panicking terrible you could listen all alone if the darkness is creeping and I am not the one who hears your prayers when you're on your knees speaking but I would come to bail you out if your ship started sinking 
That's a birthday present from our guest, Dominic Moore. He's doing a live, just him and his guitar for us, without all the instruments you might hear on the album. And that album is, this is the demo bootleg version of the Ninja versus the Octopus Man. And so, bootleg recordings, do you, ha do you have a collection of these? You know, I... Um, or can, can you admit it if you... <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Um, I definitely think that it's great to record something live, and it's been interesting over the last several years to see Bob Dylan, to see different um, bands and individual songwriters release their bootlegs, which is kind of them, I think, at their rawest and, and most basic. And um, part of the, I guess, the joke in that name is that at that time, I was recording like in the middle of the night or in between uh, my daughter's naps when I was in medical school, and they were kind of bootlegs, and <laughs> bootlegs were the best that I could do. Um, and I, I didn't have time or, or money to do more than a bootleg, and so that's partly where that title comes yeah, most from. Most people get big and then release the bootlegs. You just did it the other way around. Yeah. So, Well, um, hazarding the, the possibility that, that I won't become a multi-platinum uh, artist, I, I think that it's better to just go for the bootlegs straight away. <laughs> I don't know that anybody's going to be asking for them later. Hey, and we could tell in our research and getting to know you a little bit, you do a lot of music listening. I do. And in fact, you have a blog where you went through and you sort of did your last year's favorite songs, and some were live and some were a whole separate category for local artists and yeah. all of this. Man, you think about this stuff a lot. It's not just wallpaper going by. Music is maybe one of the best forms of therapy that I have. And um, I think uh, whether it's therapy or just... Um, connecting with other people who think differently than, than I do or think very much like I do. Um, music has been uh, such a, a great tool for that for me my, my whole life. Mm. I know you had a duo with your brother Colin years ago. Absolutely, yeah. And was that a, a melding of the minds or was it two very different people? Colin and I are two very different people, but he um, is a person that really inspires me and who I... Um, when I'm writing a song, he's one of the people that I think uh, would, would call in like this song. Mm. Um, he and I have played music together. I, I was in a band when I was 16 years old, and Colin was drafted to be the bass player because I didn't know any bass players. And I was 16, and Colin was 12. And so we've been playing together and singing together from that time. Um, and we're both in our 30s now, and and you have to know how much that meant to a 12-year-old kid to have his 16-year-old brother <laughs> include him. Well, um, I, he he has been very kind about it. In hindsight, I was really a pain to to be in. <laughs> that in also a, goes in a with bandwidth. being the older brother. <laughs> yeah, it, I guess it does. I guess it does. But I think that's one thing that I look look back at that time and think, oh man, I I would have been so annoying to be in a band with at that time. <laughs> Maybe that's why it broke up. I guess. Well, yeah, it was it was more uh, missions and sort of things like that. But so that group was called Field Book. Exactly. Yeah, Field Book. It's a name that we found here at the Lee Library um, when we were studying one night. Well, I want to ask about your cover series because this is a whole other thing, especially for yeah. someone like you who writes a lot of original music. In fact, pro probably most of what you perform, I'm guessing, is originals. But you're doing a cover a month. Yeah, um, it's it's something I, I realized that I just, 
love so many different um, musicians and so many different songwriters. And some of the best songwriters that I know um, I heard because someone else played their song. Right, right. And um, and so this is something that is fun for me, which is very important. But also um, I'm kind of trying to choose some more unique um, songwriters and bands. Well, you kicked off the series with music by the Neutral Milk Hotel. The song was In an Aeroplane Over the Sea. Yeah. And I understand you're also taking suggestions for covers for the coming months. So yeah. where do, do you have any, do? Stephen? I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. You may laugh, but someone needs to rescue a song. It was a beautiful folk song, and then someone captured it and did it in a big, over-orchestrated way. Yeah. Like and Bette Midler. Uh-huh. She walked all over it and put it in a tower like Rapunzel you're, you're in thinking, a prison. You're thinking Randy Newman's I Think It's Gonna Rain That today. is so close, but it's oh. Nancy Griffith from a distance. Ooh, yeah. It's like Rapunzel in a tower, mm. and it needs a prince to rescue it. Okay. Go I don't ahead. know that I'm a prince, but I, I will do my best. <laughs> anyway, there's one to consider. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's a song I used to love, and now I can't love it, mm-hmm. but I wish I could again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when that happens to favorite songs. So we're going to hear one more, and uh, we'll let Dominic Moore take his place. We're going to hear a song with a great title called Cadillac Diamond from his 2005 album with yet another great title, Dominic Moore Sings His Heart Out. Than a clear spring morning She kisses me sleepy and yawning And nobody gets my kiss above my baby in the morning time And my lady is hotter than a New York summer She calls me up asking a question about When I'm gonna be home, baby Well, I wish you was all the time Well, I love rock and roll But ain't nothing on the radio Good as my baby And she want me at home And I tell her that that's just fine Well, my lady is Finer than a Cadillac diamond Driving around on a rhinestone But my baby does all the time No, nobody gets my kiss But my baby in the morning time That's Dominic Moore with Cadillac Diamond. Again, I say a great title, but uh, we also want to give a shout out to his wife, Katie, who is in the studio today. Must be nice to get to be the theme of some of those songs. I hope so. (laughs) So you were born on the Upper West Side, That's New true. York City, spent most of your time in Utah, but you did go back for medical school for four years. And was part of your choice because you wanted to go back to where you were from? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I grew up with a fascination for New York because it was where I was born and it was also where so much was happening. Um, I visited a few times in my childhood and I just thought this, it would be such a great place. 
So some albums you did while you were there, the one we mentioned, the Ninja versus the Octopus Man album. Also, uh, we got to ask about this, the Lower West, only the dead know Brooklyn. Yeah. So that means the Lower West Side? Yeah, the Lower West Side. And the Lower West Side um, was also a group of uh, friends that I had there who were all from out west. Hmm. And um, so it, to us, had a double meaning. But it, it was a, a great band of friends. And how about Only the Dead Know Brooklyn? So there's there's a short story, and um, it centers on a visitor to Brooklyn. And this, I think, was pre-1900. Um, and the visitor um, in Brooklyn meets another man on the street and says, hey, I'm, I'm here for a visit, and I'd like to know Brooklyn. I Tell me where I need to go to know Brooklyn. And like a true New Yorker, um, this uh, local says, you're never going to know Brooklyn. And only the dead know Brooklyn. They walk these streets. They um, see all the things. They see all the way that it's changing. It's too rich. Only the dead know Brooklyn. And it seemed like such a dramatic statement. Yeah. And I think life is full of those dramatic statements, but um, it, it made me think a lot um, about knowing things and knowing places. So a listen through that album, would you be hearing elements of New York or just from all through your life? Certainly. Um, all through my life, but um, New York um, and the things that happened to me in New York um, were a really big deal in that album. One of the songs on there is... Uh, a lullaby for my daughter that I wrote um, while while we were living in Brooklyn, and she was born while we were in Brooklyn, and I was in medical school. Um, there's a song on there called "Only the Dead Know Brooklyn," and and it talks a little bit about the city and the way that it uh, gets to you. And there's also a song on there. Uh, I think it's New York City Part Three. I've done I've done three New York songs, <laughs> um, and it's a song kind of about how you love the city, but it also breaks you so much, and um, it's. It's uh, a love-hurt relationship. <laughs> well, I have to ask you about the other Dominic Moore. Yeah. Hockey player. He moved to New York about the same time. You're roughly the same age. You both were uh, were married to Acadie. Yes, yes. And you got a call from him one time. I did, yeah. So this, well, this... for him. For him, yeah. So it was the in the, the time of landlines. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so I was at home, and I picked up the landline, and the person said, this is, you know, so-and-so from the New York Post. I said, oh, okay. And he said, so tell me, tell me how your, your move um, to New York's going. I was like, oh, it's, it's wonderful. I love this place. It's great. <laughs> and he said, this is pretty, pretty different from where you had been before. And I think the hockey player had come from Stanford. Well, I had come from BYU, so it was certainly different from where I'd come before. And I said, yeah, it's great. And he's like, well, how's, how's that going? And we talked for a little while, and then he said, how are you getting along with the coaching staff? <laughs> and I thought, huh? <laughs> and so that's, that's where it, it broke down, and the person very quickly hung up after they realized <laughs> I, was, I was not the hockey-playing Dominic Moore. You know, for this interview, we really should have called him to ask about you. That's yeah. What we that's 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 true, Stephen. Yeah, he... like, how's your songwriting going these yeah. days? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I just did a quick Google search and I came up with about eight right off Dominic Moore's. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
Anyway, you, you seem to be in good company. No one was holding up a wanted sign or numbers in front of their chest. Or... Yeah, no, he, he, uh, he seems like a really good person. Now, besides doing an occasional cover, we, you have had folks do covers of yours, and you posted a really nice one. It was the song we're going to have you do. Uh, Paul Jacobson and the Madison Arm did a cover of Apocalypse Wow. Yeah. So yeah. set this song up for us. So this is a song, and I think some sometimes when I write, it's a, a little bit ab- absurdist, but has has reference to reality. So I was um, sitting one day, and the um, the line Friday the thirteenth day of the week came into my mind, and I thought, oh, that'd be nice for a song, and started mm-hmm. working on it a little bit, and then um, I thought about Friday the thirteenth, the different imagery and kind of superstitions that people have, and and. The, the apocalypse came to mind. The apocalypse has been something that... Um, Why not just go for the biggest thing you can put in the song? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the song, alternate title, Unified Theory of Everything. But um, so it, it's the apocalypse is something that means something to me. Um, but from how it was portrayed in, in media and by politicians, it felt like it meant something really different to them. And it was, you know, it was fire from the sky and all those other sorts of things where to me, I think it means pretty important things. And so this is a, a song that I think is, um, it, it's maybe a reference to the way that other people think about the apocalypse and how they treat each other with the apocalypse as an excuse. Well, we'll remind people in between, but uh, first we're going to hear this song, Apocalypse Wow, and then we're going to hear another uh, song from the Amateur Sketches of Famous and Important People album, live on Highway 89. This is Dominic Moore. Friday the 13th day of the week Best bets on the dark horse called the apocalypse Beauty is kind and kindness is weak Give me justice or give me a death And give me lollipops for my children I got two more in the wagon I got one more in the oven Give us dollars with no connection A truth without the inspection A love without the perfection A friend of my enemies, a brother to me Best bet is the dark horse is never gonna be Riding through the fields of a desert oasis Drinking on the shores of the Mississippi River And uh, sail me up and down that river Whichever way is quicker Whoever's got a wallet that's thicker I'm gonna get me dollars with no connection a truth without the inspection, a love without the infection. Sp- 
speaking the summon with the tongue of the state they tell me that the dark horse tires of the weight cumbersome time keeps grueling all around while hell's preparing to let out the hounds and uh give me lollipops for my children i got two more in the wagon i got a one more up in heaven I'm gonna get me dollars with no connection A truth without the inspection A love without the invention Friday the 13th day of the week Best bets on the dark horse called the apocalypse Beauty is kind and kindness is weak Give me justice, so give me a death Anna Give me lollipops for my children I got two more in the wagon I got five more up in heaven I'm gonna Sail me up and down this river Whichever's way is quicker Gonna get me to the highest bidder What do we do now with this water feature? Now the old flightless birds have all gone home to the north. With the news of our pending separation and the impending gloom of our upcoming divorce. What do we do with this three-bedroom apartment? Do we cut down the middle just like Solomon say? With some chainsaws and our heavy demolition I just never did dream that it could end up this way but we can't go back to the way we were To the way we never were Can't go back to the way we were Cause in a way we never were What do we do with this whole record collection that turntable it never worked very well we found bruce springsteen at a thrift store in london and i bought elvis costello at the lutheran sale and we can't go back to the way we were to the way we never 
can't go back to the way we were Cause in a way we never were I was the patron saint of all lost causes And policemen you were Athena, Greek goddess of loving and woe We held each other with this heavy desperation But that whole desperation just don't do it no more And we can't go back to the way we were To the way we never were can't go back to the way we were Cause in a way we never were What do we do now with this water feature? The flightless birds, they've all gone home to the north Should we look him in the eye and face our situation or do we pretend that you and I just don't live there no more pair of pieces by Dominic Moore starting with Apocalypse Wow and then ending with Hubble Gardner from his brand new album and you have to tell us real quick who Hubble Gardner is. So uh, Hubble Gardner is the character played by Robert Redford in, in The Way We Were. Mm. Um, that's a song that I, I wrote and then found the person that it was about rather than the <laughs> other way around um, and that, that sometimes happens but in, in a minute, we're going to go through some of those names. But first, I want to ask you about your work as a pediatrician. So practicing hospice and palliative care at Primary Children's Hospital. The thing about kids is childhood is short anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and then some graduate to adulthood. And many you'll be working with aren't going to graduate past uh, childhood or graduate to something beyond adulthood. So how do you, what mind frame do you need to be in to give them what they need and their families need at those times? Um, I don't know. I don't always know. Um, but I do think something that has served me and other people well in, in this field is um, curiosity, um, giving people curiosity and, hmm. and the um, dignity of, of time and questions about who they are and what is really most important to them. Um, People, I, I'm uh, very lucky with my job for many reasons, and one is that people uh, let me into their world in a way that um, I, I feel very, uh, very lucky and very humbled to be part of. And finding out what brings a child joy or a family joy uh, really helps, I think, in those hard times. Have you ever recorded anything at work in the hospital? Um, so we have uh, an amazing music therapy program, and uh, they uh, received this great gift from a family of uh, a young woman who, who died. And um, the place is called Sophie's Place, and they write songs with uh, kids. They write songs with families to work things out, and they have a recording studio there. And 
um, I've been lucky enough on a few occasions to help help write some of these songs, um, and and that's a, a really special perk of my job that I that I don't wow. think I could get any wow. any place else. And how satisfying for for the family later to actually have that song. I I know that uh, I I don't want to pry because your patients are your patients besides. Mm-hmm friends and, and whatever else they become. But one of the songs, uh, I guess I would ask, what can you tell us about this song, Simon, on the album? So S- Simon is actually my son. Um, oh, no. So I, I've gotten into, um, I've, I've gotten into, I guess, a habit now. I have three children, and after each of them is born, I, I write a lullaby. Usually they're written while I'm singing them to sleep uh-huh. and kind of running out of things to, to <laughs> sing them. Um, but... Um, Simon's Simon's song um, is uh, partly a reflection of the fact that Simon will not close his eyes at the end of the day, and so um, it's like he he wants to just soak in everything that he can of that moment. And the first line of the song is "Close your eyes now, Simon. Tomorrow is another day." And um, keep keep going because there's one more line I love. Yeah, the moon has risen in heaven to watch you till the break of day. Uh, dream in peace now, Simon, of growing and making your way. Um, tonight you are a sleeping prince, and the future is so far away. Sorry, yeah. a little, oh, little so, choked up. So beautiful. That's that's wonderful. His his. I guess it's a middle name. Yeah, Ilya. Ilya. Yeah. So I I served a mission in Russia in Yekaterinburg, Russia, and um, worked with a, a very inspiring man named Ilya Ivanovich Klustin, and he. Um, he was a, a very simple person, but just loved to serve other people. Hmm. He was not, uh, I guess, in, in the eyes of history or civilization, an important person. His job, he was a, a dvornik when I met him, which is um, basically a, a super for a building. Hmm. He was an older man, but he'd be out breaking up ice with a giant uh, metal rod. And uh, he just was the kind of person I... I um, don't aspire to um, be important or have my my kids be important um, to history, I guess. But I think it's it's worthwhile to be important to someone and to serve other people. So that's that's part of the reason that his name was chosen to be Ilya as his middle name. Very nice. And who's to say who really does the most for the world? Absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. Well, let's have you introduce this uh, Who's Gonna Love You, this next song. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote Who's Gonna Love You while in Brooklyn, and that actually is is a patient story. So um, there was a, a child who was very sick and could not have family or friends be around for a, a variety of reasons. And I was working um, in the pediatric wards Um down, uh, down in Brooklyn, and um, I, I took a, a special interest in this patient. And uh, one day, as I was going home, I was just overcome because I thought, who, who's gonna love this kid? Who's gonna take care of this kid? Because I was on rotations. I was, you know, I was spending some time there, and then I was going to, I was gonna leave and be gone, and yeah. that was a week away, and. And I went home and I wrote this song. Um, and like most things happen, when when I think I have things figured out, I 
I was uh, humbled and, and shown a little bit more about the way things work. I came in the next morning early, and, uh, and all of the night nurses, unbeknownst to me, had basically adopted this child mm. and had bought the child new clothes, and they took, they took care of the child at night and just had this really special parental almost bond. And I realized, oh, I, I have no idea what goes on in life. I have no idea the multitudes of people who care for people. And who am I to say that, that my role in caring for this child was important? Oh, well, let's hear this song. What a great introduction. The song is called Who's Gonna Love You by Dominic Moore. This is from his album Only the Dead Know Brooklyn, an album with Lower West. Who's gonna love you when I'm gone? Who's gonna make you right when it goes all wrong? Who's gonna lift you up when you've gone down? Who cares enough to be around? Who walk the road without an end? Who's gonna leave them on to be your friend? Who let it fall away when the dice are thrown? And who'll help you sift the seeds you've sown? Cause I won't be here very long Like the dust I blew in With a welcoming storm I no way say place you can go I know how to get you some shelter from the storm Who's gonna come when you cry at night Tuck you into bed and turn off the lights Who's gonna try to take the heat that comes Who'll be there when the deal is done? Cause I won't be here very long Like the dust I blew in With the welcoming storm I know it's a place you can go I know how to get you some shelter from the storm Who's gonna pick you up each time you fall? Who'll stand for truth and who'll stand it all? When the wind blows long and it blows loud Who'll run away and who'll be around? Cause I won't be here very long Like the dust I blew in with the welcoming storm I know it's a place you can go I know how to get you some shelter from the storm Who's gonna love you when I'm gone? 
who's gonna love you when I'm gone? Who's gonna love you when I'm gone? Who's gonna love you when I'm gone? Who's gonna love you when I'm gone? That's Dominic Moore live on Highway 89 in our performance studio. Only the Dead No Brooklyn is the album with Lower West. Dominic Moore, I really love the lesson that you got the next day because it could have been a whole other thing. Yeah, certainly. Very cool. Now, I want to quickly review some of the names on this new album, Amateur Sketches of Famous and Important People. And uh, we've talked about Pocahontas, Hubble Gardner, Jan Brewer, and Walt Disney. Yeah. Now, our producer's husband, a uh, very bright guy, English not his first language, but he said, what does this even mean? It has nothing to do with Walt Disney. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I I wish I had a really clear answer ab- about about what that song or any other song means. Well, I, it seems like these names aren't literal. It's not like born in shack in nineteen twelve. Yeah, sketch <laughs> sketch little mice till then, you know that kind of. thing. That would have been a better song. Uh, I'm not sure. Ne- <laughs> next time I do an album, I'm gonna ask you for a co-write. I'll be there. I'm, awesome. I'll be there. Sounds good. So uh, included also Matilda. Is this the the famous Roald Dahl children's character or another Matilda? It's it's another famous Matilda who is my daughter. And, wow, uh, the most important Matilda. Yeah, to me, and she um, she's partly named in homage to that book, but also her um, great grandmother was um, grew up in Australia, uh-huh. and so waltzing Matilda. It's a nod Maybe to that as well. Waltzing Matilda. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lauren Hill, Rush Limbaugh, yes, Adam, as in. Adam. That one. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Simon, we talked about already. Katie, your wife. That's true. Also, Paul the Apostle. Yes. Pretty interesting choices. Uh, and I want to ask about this last one. Uh, I wish we had time to hear every single song in the interview, but this will be sort of a teaser. Folks can go get Great. the album. But um, so, uh, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Yeah. We're going to hear, we have time for one more song at the end. Great. So, we want to hear this one. So, Talk to me first about writing it, and then about the cool thing that was a follow-up. Yeah, the the cool thing is is pretty cool. Um, so I I wrote this song while I was in my fellowship in hospice and palliative medicine, like you mentioned, and um, I interacted with lots of people um, going through really hard times. And one of the things that I realized is that um, just like who we are and how we're perceived, the meaning of seemingly very simple things changes for the person. There were families who um, a number was important to them or um, the time that their loved one died or the fact that a butterfly was outside the window and from then on, they, whenever they saw a butterfly, they thought of their mm. Uh, mm. grandmother. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross um, is a woman who really changed the way that we thought about and talked about grief. And what um, was her what was her her book? So on death and dying. Yeah, um, I remember when that came out mm-hmm. and just it, how it really did change people's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and you hear it even references in pop, popular culture about our stages of grieving and and talking about bargaining and anger and all those sorts of things. And then her son. Oh my goodness! What, he yeah. writes to you. He tweets to you. He, how does he, this work? Um, I I think he found me through Facebook, and I I really don't know how he found the song in the first place. But um, he sent me this nice brief message that just said, uh, "My name's Kenneth Ross. My my mother is Elizabeth Kubler Ross. I heard your song and I liked it." 
and I was like walking around my I <laughs> I had put my kids to bed and and my wife was in a meeting and she came back and I said you are not gonna you you could never guess what happened and and I told her and it, you know she never could guess but that that meant so much to me you know it's so much to know that his mother had had meant a lot to me and I think to other people and that my song had meant anything to him well, good. We're going to go out with this one. So you're about to hear Dominic Moore. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is the title of this from his album, Amateur Sketches of Famous and Important People. Seven and seven was an accident Like my Birth on this American continent Like the dream I have of the night we met Feels like it's missing something I was number eight, I was a humanist The ocean moved and I did not resist I couldn't hold my feelings on the night I first missed you Knew I was losing something But I got numbers running through my head Like faces of the grateful dead surround me Too many numbers, names and messages Beyond the grave over my head and through me Three birds were flying in the morning sky I saw the holy trinity The reason why Though men are born without wings We still attempt to fly A caged bird wants to be free but I got numbers running through my head Like faces of the grateful dead surround me Too many numbers, names and messages Beyond the grave over my head and through me Seventy-seven years forwards and back As serious as sin or as a heart attack imperfect as a brainstorm on my very first draft the way I wish I could be but I got numbers running through my head like faces of the grateful dead surround me too many numbers names and messages beyond the grave over my head and through me Too many numbers, names and messages Beyond the grave over my head And through me The name of the song is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Performed live just now in studio on Highway 89 by local singer-songwriter Dominic Moore. More information about his new album, Amateur Sketches of Famous and Important People, and his latest projects, including his monthly cover series, is online on his Facebook page. Search Dominic Moore Musician Band so you don't get a whole bunch of hockey stuff unless you're really into hockey stuff. 
Thank you, Dominic, for coming and playing today. Thank you so much. That was a pleasure. Great music, great thoughts. And if you're listening at home or if you just caught part of our show, you want to hear the first part, hear it again, or share it, easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates, special behind-the-scenes photos, and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our associate producer is student Abby Horlocker. And the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.